Past Ball Show. Brought to you by JohnPLE.com. What the f*** you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f***ing Put that in. I don't So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip. Six to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Talk about the past, talk about the history, I'm talking about what's great about this game of baseball. There's so much stuff that we talk about. I would say I would know, but I would say the reason why they want to pass is baseball going into the highest baseball sport that has gone into baseball and from the baseball angle. I'm not going to speak of any other sport. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Jerry, just remember it's not a lie if you believe it. Joe Carter with a three-run homer. The winners and still world champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. And this team sucks. Well, hey, that is where he's out. Yes, Brady is out. Look at, look at this. Brady is out. And uh, Damon Mann. I don't want to hear to argue about other sports. I'm in the baseball business. It's been run cleaner than any baseball business Ever put out in the hundred years of the present time. Sell the team. Oh yeah, welcome back, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network, hour two. Coming up right now. And just a reminder, anything you hear during any of my interviews, anything I say, you want to comment, keep the discussion going. We can, of course do that on Twitter. Tweet at me at John underscore Pielli. But what I'm gonna do right now is play an interview that I recorded with a guy that's pitching right now in the Miami Marlins organization. He's a left-hand pitcher. His name is Bo Wright. And Wright was drafted a couple of years ago by the Florida Marlins. And getting ready for the 2014 season and you know he tells you a little bit about him coming up and stuff like that and what to expect from a guy a left-hand pitcher who it came up as a starter is already making that transition to a relief role and obviously what does that mean loogie you know most left-hand pitchers that are pitching out of the bullpen are going to be groomed to be left-hand one only out type of guys and you know it's it's, it's tough for a young pitcher to kind of make that transition and get used to facing just left-hand batters but you know you'll hear how you know this guy ends up going through it and he's learning how to do it so hopefully you guys enjoy this spot right here with uh Miami Marlins minor league pitcher Bo Wright and hopefully we'll see him in the big league sometime soon. Good afternoon. John Pielli here with the pitcher in the Miami Marlins organization, Bo Wright. Bo, what's going on, man? How's it going, man? Uh, it's going good, man. Now, you know, before we get into you know what, what you've done so far, uh, what are your plans for the offseason as you get ready to uh, for 2014? Um, I already got started maybe a couple weeks ago. I'm just kind of conditioning my body, so a lot of sprint work and running and stuff. Body weight stuff, and then next week, more like weightlifting and all that good stuff. So, you looking to uh, throw it all? You looking to pitch in a you know fall league or winter league or anything, or just uh, you know just a regular conditioning program? Uh, no, no, no throwing or anything like that. Just um, conditioning stuff. I'll probably start throwing in a couple weeks, a little earlier than I'm, I normally would. But yeah, just doing that kind of stuff for right now. 
No, good deal, man. Of course, you know, you were taken originally by the, uh, by the Twins in the 29th round of the 2009 draft. You end up uh, choosing to go to college. Uh, take us a little bit into that, you know, that time. You know, you get drafted, you know, you end up cho- choosing to go to college. Uh, what, what was, you know, what, what was all behind that decision? Uh, it was more, well, the big one was that I had Tommy John surgery. So it was kind of a, a big thing. You know, they told me, the twins told me that um, they could help me rehab it and stuff. And uh, it just kind of came down to the bonus money kind of thing. And uh, I felt like if I went to college, came out three years after, I could get the same amount that they offered. And a little, a little bit, um, I just felt like I, was, I needed to go to college for more fine-tuning with my delivery and kind of mature a little bit, which it helped, it helped a, lot, a lot out for me in the long run. Yeah, I'm I went sure. to college for a, couple of years, for a year and a half or so. Yeah, I'm so, sure. I mean... Yeah, I'm sure it did. And, you know, of course, you know, a year later you get drafted by the Marlins. Now, you know, was this just a situation where you, you just felt you were you were healthier and kind of more ready to go than you were a year before? Yeah, because uh, I, I got the surgery back in August, the end of August of 2009. So I enrolled at UC Irvine. Uh, was September of that, that fall, and then I dropped out UC Irvine. It was around January. So I was only in at East Irvine for 12 weeks. I just couldn't handle all the responsibility of being a student first and then an athlete. So I ended up at a junior college, and, um, you know, I was doing rehab this whole time. By the time I left East Irvine, I was already throwing. Uh, at least I started to throw. Recovery program. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things, and Marlin's uh, scout was the only guy I talked to, and um, everything was in place after that. Yeah, so you end up getting drafted. You know, uh, you know, at the time you were drafted, were you, uh, were you throwing? You were, you're probably throwing again. You're working on some stuff at least, right? Yeah, uh, by the time I got drafted, I was um, pretty much ready to start pitching in games. I was still... Kind of on the edge. I had not thrown a game in a year, so when they drafted me, they just told me, um, kind of like a draft and follow thing, like throughout the whole summer. So I was throwing bullpens and stuff for the, the higher up guys, uh, the scouts and stuff, and, you know, I eventually signed in, uh, what was it, August? The end of August, so a full year basically. I've gone through this whole process, and I've showed up before the, I didn't throw a game in the GCL that year, but, you know, I was, I was throwing pens, throwing, like, live VPs and stuff. And um, I, was, I was just getting ready for next year, 2011, spring training. Yeah, and of course you uh, you end up uh, you know getting a chance to pitch for the, the the Gold Coast Marlins and you know tell us a little bit about your experience there. You know you you got to throw a little bit, you got to start some games, you got to relieve a little bit. Uh, you know tell us a little bit about your experience there and you know facing you know live hitters you know professionally for the first time. Yeah, um, it was definitely a lot different than what I was used to. Obviously coming from high school and not throwing a pitch in college. <laughs> But uh, it was 
definitely from a tempo period, there was, um, you know, just stuff that I needed to learn, because I was only 19 at the time, and, um, and, and I had to get used, get used to throwing every day, and my arm, and I actually had a setback that year, my arm started hurting again, uh, like literally right after spring training. They told me, you know, you're gonna go extended, you know, throwing in here, all that, all that stuff, and, you know, I understood, and, um, so after, literally right after spring training, you know, my, my arm was bothering me again, and I was just thinking, oh no, <laughs> I did not want to go through this a second time, but, uh, I took three weeks off, and I was ready to go for, um, GCL, and the rest, the rest was fun, it was a good experience, and I enjoyed it. Fun times, it's definitely not a league you want to stay in, but it's <laughs> a good start. No, absolutely, man. Once again, John Pielli here with Bull Wright, a prospect, left-hand pitcher in the Marlins organization. Now, you know, uh, you know, from from there until now, have you have you had any any issues with your arm? You you, you consider your arm, you know, just about a hundred percent now? Oh yeah, it's a hundred ten percent. It's from where it was when I first started from all to now. Uh, it's it's good now. This year was it felt really good. Last year, in, um, when I played in Jamestown, it felt like the, 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 I felt I was able to just absolutely release and let go and throw the mental stuff that comes with the Tommy John surgery and all that. And then this year, it was just building after that. And uh wasn't too bad. It felt good. Not really that tired. Yeah, absolutely, and you, you threw the ball well, you know, particularly, uh, you know, the last couple of years when you've, you've gotten out there. You know, uh, let me ask you about, you know, obviously most pitchers, I would assume, would want to be a starting pitcher growing up, but, you know, you end up sometimes getting switched to become a reliever, and, you know, obviously throughout the makeup of your pitches, it probably changes a little bit, because coming up, you're used to being a starting pitcher, and now, all of a sudden, you got to relieve, you know, you're going to pitch one inning at a time, you're going to face situational lefties in certain positions like that. How does that affect your pitches, and what does that do in regards to, uh, you know, your, any type of changes you have to make in your overall approach when you're going from being a starter, what you're used to, to a reliever? And I'm at the swings that I get off of the changeup. I never would have thought that that was uh, possible, but I learned it, and I love it. No, that's cool, man. Tell, tell us a little bit about your, your fastball again. You know, you, you're able to, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the key with that is to hit spots. And, you know, are you focused, uh, you know, a lot on the velocity? Are you looking to, you know, obviously you're looking to probably throw as hard as you can with it. But, you know, in regards to your fastball, is it more of a situation of locating it? Or is it just, you know, kind of th- trying to throw it by a header? Um, I think for me, you know, when I was younger, I was just used to, throwing it by guys because I, I could get away with it. I was 18 years old and throwing 91, 92, so I mean, you could get away with it, but now it's more about location for me. And I got to be precise and I got to be able to execute pitches and um, yeah, it's more, more of its command and I'm not really necessarily worried about velocity or, you know, where I'm sitting, but it is nice. I mean, who wouldn't want to be throwing 90 miles an hour, you know? Not exactly, man. 
Yeah, no, well, you know, as you move forward, you know, you have uh, you have any particular plans and anything you're trying to work on? Are you trying to, uh, you know, in, improve any pitch in particular? Um, maybe just better, better command of my curveball, because I used to have it, and then after the arm surgery, I kind of lost it. I think, uh, you know, when I was first doing it, I was kind of, As you move forward, you see, uh, you know, you see yourself uh, going forward. You know, let's say, you know, you, you know, a couple, a couple years down the road, you know, you, you're up in the system. You know, maybe borderline getting in the major leagues. Would you consider dropping any one of your pitches, or are you you uh, planning to go, you know, all four pitches all the way through? Uh, I'm I'm planning to go with all four. All the some time today, man. Appreciate you giving me a couple minutes. Best of luck. You know, hopefully we'll be seeing the majors soon, and uh, you know, maybe I can get you on the uh, program sometime in the near future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, John. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that spot with Bo Wright, of course, pitcher in the Miami Marlins organization. Exciting young man. You know, you can tell as he's coming up through the minor leagues, you know, with his dreams of getting to the majors. And obviously we're going to follow it and see if he ever gets there. And hopefully we'll do another interview with him sometime soon as he's progressing through the Marlins minor league system. But once again, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. I gypped you out of a break the first hour. So I'm going to take an early one here uh, real quick. And then we'll be back with a lot more stuff going on. Passball Show, MTR Radio Network, back after this. Are you searching for something different for your child's education? Consider Atlanta Christian School, where faith and quality education meet. Listen to what one of our students has to say about their experience at ACS. Atlanta Christian School is a family. Through one of the toughest years in my life, my ACS family stood beside me. My teachers were loving and supportive, and my friends shined God's love in different ways to make each day brighter. Atlanta Christian has a nurturing academic environment and is a second home to me. I am thankful for the school and family with which God has blessed me. Join us for Open House every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 391 Zion Road in Egg Harbor Township or enroll today. Visit us on the web at acseht.org or call 653-1199. Atlantic Christian School, where character, Christ, and community count. I'm Ron Sulpizi from the MTR Sports Report. Not sure where to eat? Then listen to these reviews. Awesome. Amazing Greek food. Everything is fresh. Great family restaurant in the heart of Ocean City. Katina's is an Ocean City staple. When you've had your fill of pizza, cheesesteaks, and ice cream, head for Katina's. Katina's Gyro Restaurant, 501 East 9th Street, Ocean City, New Jersey, 609-399-5525. Check out their website, katinasfoods.com. That's katinasfoods.com. Order their famous Mediterranean dressing, and they'll ship it right to your door. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Katina's Greek Restaurant. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7-24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. MTR. John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the program so far. The next interview I'm going to play for you is one that I enjoyed recording this past day with uh, former Major League infielder, outfielder Ron Jackson. And Ron played for the California Angels, the Minnesota Twins, Detroit Tigers, back with the Angels and then with the Orioles from 1975 to 1984. But he also had a very, and has had a very good career as a hitting coach. And he started out in the minor leagues there, just like he did in the majors. And he's been a hitting coach for teams like the Chicago White Sox from 1997 to 1998, the Brewers in 1999, uh, and the Boston Red Sox from 2003 to 2006. So he was a Red Sox hitting coach when they lost in the Aaron Boone game in Game 7 of the ALCS in 2003. And then he was also a part of the team that ended up winning the World Series a year later. So hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with former Major League infielder and Major League hitting coach Ron Jackson, also known as Papa Jack. My name is John Pielli with former Major League infielder, outfielder Ron Jackson. Ron, what's going on, man? Everything's going on pretty good, John. What about yourself? Yeah, everything's good, man. Everything's good. Of course, Ron, you know, you had, you know, you had a long career in the Major Leagues and have done a lot since you stopped playing. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, in the beginning, getting drafted by the Angels and then your uh, your path to the big leagues. You know what, it goes way back now, back in 
at Davenport Owls. Two years in double A. And uh, still won the bat and title. They gave it to him and then they took it away from me. And I went to um, to play after that, Salt Lake City. Was called up to the big leagues in 1975. And spent, um, did a big league 10 years with the California Angels. Uh, spent uh, the Japanese the Detroit Tigers, all the Orioles. And during that time, I decided that what I'm going to do was I get out of the game. So I started watching the good hitters and I watched the bad hitters. And I said that, uh, you know, what the good hitters are doing, what the bad hitters are doing. So I still put that two together because I always said once I sit in the game, I wanted to be a, uh, a sit in the game and be a hitting coach. And that's how I ended up being a hitting coach. Uh, my first time uh, as a coach was the White Sox, Chicago White Sox. Larry uh, Hyams hired me my first time and uh, ended up um, going to start off in AAA. Believe it or not. Uh, my first uh, Maui coaching career in AAA. And then when the big league guy got fired uh, up in the big league with the White Sox, I ended up uh, going to Birmingham, my hometown, to go there. I said, I mean, I don't have to go there. And the big league guy ended up going to AAA in Vancouver. And um, so I went to Birmingham and won the Southern League Championship here in Birmingham. And I coached guys like Robin Ventura, who's in the big leagues at the manager for the White Sox now, Graybeck, Greg Graybeck, Amaral, Matt Marudo. I can just go on and on and on, you know. Uh, with some Amaral's pitcher, he won it. He was the pitcher that won uh, in the Southern League for us. And after that, um, I ended up uh, going down to Abel, being the United States. They wanted me to go down and work with some of the kids. And after that, I ended up being there and went with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers as their hitting coordinator throughout the minor league system. And after that, I got uh, getting ready to go to manage uh, AAA for Cedric Cooper uh, in Indianapolis for the Milwaukee Brewers. And um, I ended up, as soon as I get ready to go manage, Sam uh, Bando called me up and say, how would you like to be the first base coach, outfield coach, uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers? And uh, I said, okay, you know, I said, that's all. But uh, I forgot, and I got a bad gift a little bit, but the White Sox, no, when I was the Milwaukee Brewers, it's like, this is I got called up to the White Sox when Terry Bevington, uh, I forgot, I said, Terry Bevington called me up and wanted me to join him because he was the manager in AAA when I was there, okay? And uh, so with the White Sox, I ended up, uh, after a while, I think, uh, what's your name, Buckner got fired, and I ended up being the hitting coach there. And also in Milwaukee, I was the hitting coach there. After the field brother got let go, and the fever ended up being the manager, and I ended up getting that uh, better job there, too. And after that, I ended up uh, going with the Dodgers, Triple uh, A, uh, hitting Uh, laid all the, you know, averages and 
California, he was born in California, uh, known around uh, called me, hey, you're not, you're not uh, Pops, you know, you're Papa Jack. You know, and, uh, I was 22 years old, and he's going to call me Papa Jack. Man, you know, you, you you talk about you know your rise to the major leagues and stuff, and your transition into being a hitting coach. Well, you, did you see some similarities between like you know the work that you had to do to make it from let's say the minors to the major leagues, from you know you know being a player to being a coach as well? John Pielli here or Ron Jackson. Now, you know, back to, back to your playing career, you know, you got a chance, you came up with the Angels, and then after the 1978 season, you were traded over to the Twins for Dan Ford. Um, you know, it was kind of a mixed thing because, number one, you know, the Angels end up making the playoffs in 79, but number two, you, you really get a full opportunity to play. You end up playing in 159 games in 1979. You hit 271, a career-high 14 home runs. You know, tell us a little bit about that season because I'm sure it was good, you know, in, in your own mind to get a chance to, you know, play just about every day. Yeah, you know what? I love the Angels. Uh, I hate to leave the Angels, but I got a chance to play every day with the Minnesota Twins. He Mark, 
season and then you find yourself back with the Angels in 82. You know, this team is the team that makes the playoffs once again. You know, how about a little bit about your experience in 1982, kind of reuniting with Gene Mock and reuniting with the Angels? Uh, 
make the town feel. So, um, you know, I was really pleased with that. And then I ended up getting a real contract from Doug Debate. Yeah, and of course, you know, in the postseason that year, you know, you you owned the highest batting average in the history of the postseason, which I'm sure you're aware of. <laughs> um, I get up hit, hit, uh, lead off in the ninth inning, um, and the Bob Boone said, "Okay, I'm going to tell you the whole run." I just ended up thinking what the pitch was going to give me. I knew he wasn't going to give me something that's not out of the ballpark. And if I was trying to hook that ball, probably would have uh, hooked it to the third base or shortstop or whatever. But I, I said, I know this pitcher, and I know he's not going to give me anything inside. He's going to try to keep the left hand of the pitcher. He's going to try to keep the ball away from it. So I said, he's going to step in the middle, take what he gives me. And at least he gave him the opportunity to try to um, go out to Rue, one of the best in the baseball. They were uh, ball to the shortstop, they were rocket to the shortstop to end the game. One quick question. You're you're a bigger thrill for you, making the postseason with the Angels in 1982, or winning the World Series as a hitting coach for the Red Sox in Great spot there with Ron Jackson. We're going to take our last break, and I promise you after that, we're going to get into Bases Empty Blogs. It's going to be rapid fire right up until the top of the hour. Back after this. Hey, guys and gals. Want to have a great time dining out while watching your favorite sport on HGTV? Then come on down to Hooters of Princeton, New Jersey, located on Route 1 South in Trenton in the Mercer Mall. Hi, I'm Deja. And I'm Corey. These are great deals all week bound to whet your appetite and satisfy your hunger. Check out our Monday Mondays where you can have a delicious cheeseburger and fries for only $6.99. On Tuesdays, we have all-you-can-eat wings all day. Just $12.99 per person or $10.99 for boneless. On Wednesdays, you can get 10 boneless wings and an order of fries for just $6.99. On Saturday, kids eat 
free for every meal ordered by an accompanying adult and the meals are served on Frisbee. We have half price appetizers from 10 p.m. until close every day. You can then enjoy your cold draft beer with our mouth-watering crab clusters for only $5. Remember, we are located in Trenton on Route 1 South in the Mercer Mall, just south of Quaker Bridge Road. For any information, call us at 609-520-WINGS. That's 609-520-9464. So come on in and watch your favorite football team while having a great meal, served up by the nicest and the hottest girls anywhere. Hope to see you there! Listening to MTR Radio. We have ignition. Strap in. You're about to listen to the hottest sounds on MTR Radio. You're listening to MTR Radio. A flipping out radio production. And you've got it. Hot, 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 hot. Blaze, blaze in the steel. Always covering the most current topics today. Check us out on mtrradio.com. We go offer packages to advertise on our website and on MTR Radio. Get your name in front of over five and a half million people. Advertise on MTR today. Email info at mtrmedia.com for details. Taste is empty, blah. Go ahead, laugh. Laugh all you want. But the fact of the matter is, this is this is the setting for the greatest story ever told, okay? Faces Empty Blog. 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 Oh, yeah. Welcome back. John Pielli, Passball Show, Radio Network, finishing up the program. We're going to get right into the, some of the stuff that I've written about over the last week, a couple different things going on in Major League Baseball. And I do want to set a couple seconds to talk about, you know, the tease that I started at the beginning of the show to kind of break down a couple of the most recent managers to get gigs over here in Major League Baseball. But, you know, within about a year ago, around the beginning of November, Pascual Perez was killed in a botched robbery attempt at his home. He was 55 years old. And of course, we know he pitched for the Pirates, Braves, Expos, and Yankees from 1980 to 1991. And you can make a case that he was certainly one of the more colorful characters in the game during that time. Others may choose to criticize him for cocaine use and his reputation as being a headhunter, which you know kind of stems from that incident in 1984 where he hit Alan Wiggins in the back and started a big brawl between the Padres and the Atlanta Braves while the two teams were battling for a pennant you know during the pennant race and of course you know his his, you know the drug use that he had during his career cut it cut it short no 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 question about it you know uh, obviously the New York Yankee fans if you're a fan of the Yankees you'll remember that he signed a three-year contract with the Yankees that would have paid him about five million dollars total which at the time was a heavy contract for a starting pitcher uh the third year the deal was voided because he was suspended without pay for uh, you know for another violation of league substance abuse policy but what needs to be noted is the fact that the drug issues you know kept him from accumulating career numbers that he was capable of finishing with because he was a very good pitcher and you remember the cocaine use being very prevalent in the 1980s and guys like 
Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Steve Howe, Joachim Aduhar, Willie Akins, who was a guest on the past ball show. And, of course, you know, Keith Hernandez. You know, a lot of players were using cocaine. And, you know, it was some certainly something that was a big deal at the time. So, you know, it doesn't give Pasquale Perez a pass, but it needs to be mentioned that there was a lot of others that were using at the time. Now, you know, he, you know, while he's on the mound, he had the ability to get hitters out, showed some flashes of brilliance. Uh, you know, he got his first chance with the Braves, really, after uh, moving over from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, you know, he, he dominated in 1982, got himself a spot on the, the postseason roster when the Braves won the uh, National League Western Division. And, you know, struggled a little bit, but 83 and 84, he was arguably the best pitcher in the Braves rotation. He won 15 games, 14 games, respectively, pitched over 200 innings, made the all-star team in 1983. Now, you know, you get into, you know, his tough season he had in 1985, and he was 1-13, 6-14 ERA, and 22 starts. And, you know, he's put on a, you know, it was never proven whether he was put on a phantom DL, but, you know, sources say his cocaine use affected his ability to pitch. And that may have had something to do with him going, you know, missing some time that year. He was released in spring training the next year, didn't pitch and organize baseball the rest of that season. His career seemed over. The Montreal Expos in 1987 had taken a chance on a series of reclamation projects. They signed Perez to a minor league contract with the understanding that if he pitched well in spring training, he could get a chance to spend the season in Indianapolis, which is AAA, the American Association. At age 30, it seemed that he found himself. He went 9-7, and 379 ERA, 19 starts, 125 Ks, 133 innings for the Indianapolis Indians. And it followed the path of another guy that was going through a, a, a similar situation as a reclamation project, Dennis Martinez, who made 11 starts in the minors before going 11-4 and four for the Expos the rest of the season. When Perez was called up, he was lights out, 7-0 and in 10 starts. Went one, the Expos won every one of his first nine starts. Team finished with 91 wins, good enough for third place in the division. But you know, Perez backed that up with a solid 1987 season. He was 12 and 8, 244 ERA, 27 starts. The next year, record wasn't as good, but you know, the 9 13, 331 ERA in 33 games, 28 starts. And he also threw a range-shortened no-hitter, which he threw over five innings, which since has been taken out of the record books. Obviously, a rule change defined a no-hitter as being nine innings of zero hits allowed, which changed after the no-hitter was thrown through to five innings by Perez. But he was still undergoing counseling for a cocaine abuse. He had been suspended in spring training and got off to an 0-7 start. But, you know, he ended up, uh, you know, finishing that season all right. In, in, uh, in 1989, he finished 9-13 and after an 0-7 start, which was nothing to be ashamed of. And the Yankees gave him a chance. They gave him the contract that I mentioned before. He made 17 starts over two years in 1990 and 1991, but, you know, pitched to a 2.87 ERA. So it showed when he was on the mound, he was, he, he was doing very good. And, uh, you know, suspension obviously cut it, you know, ended up cutting his career short. But, you know, it's, it's obviously a story about what could have been. He had the ability to get hitters out with his fastball and his changeup. The ability to throw his other pitches effectively could have made him one of the top pitchers in the 80s and beyond. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But he finished his career with a 67-68 and 68 record. And it obviously doesn't tell a story about how good he was. Was he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. But he sure had a chance to pitch another five, six solid seasons in the big leagues. And he made 193 starts in his career. What could he have done? If he, if he made 400 starts. Moving on, of course, I wrote about Hishashi Iwakuma, who is uh, you know, obviously a pitcher that had a phenomenal season for the Seattle Mariners. And, you know, talking about the posting system and the way it was set up before and, 
you know, you look at a guy like Mar- Mar- Masahiro Tanaka, who's a top available free agent pitcher this offseason. He's going to go probably to get probably the amount of same, same amount of money as a Yu Darvish or Daisuke Matsuzaka. And, you know, he, you know, you look at, you know, the way some of the guys have come and, you know, Iwakuma, which a lot of people don't realize is the fact that he was just as highly touted as some of these other pitchers. And you look at the fact that, you know, when he broke into major leagues, he was 31 years old. But, you know, it doesn't really take away from the contract that he ended up signing because, you know, a year before he was offered a 40-year, $15 million-plus deal to by the Oakland Athletics that would have uh, won the bid on his rights. Had he chosen to go to the A's, you know, he, he would have made his debut a couple of years earlier and still be on his contract going into 2014. His numbers in Japan were as solid as any of the other pitchers. You know, his first season with Seattle, you know, in 2012, 9 and 5, 316 ERA in 30 games, 16 starts, 101 strikeouts in 125 innings. The Mariners gave him a two year, $14 million extension, which will last into 2014. And, you know, he obviously had a phenomenal season. And what, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, is that, his, you know, some of his numbers, he threw more innings than uh, a Felix Hernandez. You know, a, two, you know, a 283 ARA was, was lower than you Darvish's. And, he, you, know, uh, you know, you look at, you know, some of the stuff that's going on, and I think you've got to appreciate what Hishashi Uakuma has accomplished in his couple years in the majors. He certainly backed himself out, up better than, let's say, a Daisuke Matsuzaka, who's obviously had some arm issues and is trying to make a comeback in 2014. But, you know, certainly something very, very good to look into. But, you know, also... A couple of years ago last week, a longtime St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Bob Forsch passed away at age 61. Just a week earlier, he threw out the ceremonial first pitch in Game 7 of the 2011 World Series between the Cardinals and the Rangers. Pitched 16 inning years in the big leagues, 15 of them, nearly 15 with the Cardinals. He won 163 of his 168 games with the, in a Cardinals uniform and pitched in three World Series in 1982, 1985, and 1987. He won 20 games for the Cardinals in 1977, which was his best year. But I think his best year was probably the strike short in 1981 season where he made 20 starts. He was 10-5, and 5, 318 ERA, the lowest whip and lowest hits per nine innings pitched of any other year during his career. He was the younger brother of Ken Force, who, of course, pitched 16 years in the majors, mostly for the Astros and the Angels. And uh, Bob's known, of course, for throwing two no-hitters for the Cardinals, 1978-1983. And, you know, a couple other things that people don't realize about Bob Force. He was a phenomenal hitter, 213 hitter, 12 homers, 84 RBIs in his career. Uh, hit 308 in 1975, 298 in 87, 295 in 1980. Uh, he had you know, a lot of plate appearances in each season, 45 doubles in his career. Another thing, he was not a very good postseason pitcher. Made 12 appearances during the NLCS in a World Series in 1982, 1985, and 1987. He finished with a 3-4, 579 record in 12 games, 5 starts. That doesn't look bad, but understand this. In 1982, he pitched a complete game shutout in the NLC, NLCS against Braves. And if you break down his numbers outside of that one complete game shutout that he threw in 1982, uh, he gave up 24 runs in 20, 28 and a third innings from, in the 1982 World Series. And, of course, the, uh, the postseason's through 85 and 87. But, you know, you know, interesting thing, one more I want to throw in there. He was, you know, was probably not the best postseason pitcher, but he was given the ball in the second-to-last game of the season in 1974. Uh, the Cardinals needed a win to remain tied with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He threw a three-hit shutout. In 1987, he beaned Jeffrey Leonard, 
while the Cardinals and uh, Giants were going back and forth over Leonard's, you know, running the bases with one flap down, the whole thing. And, you know, Porsche in career ranks third amongst Cardinal pitchers with 163 wins, only Bob Gibson and Jesse Haynes have more wins in a Cardinal uniform. And finally, he was asked to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, like I mentioned, at the last minute, though. Longtime Cardinal manager Whitey Herzog was asked to throw out the pitch, but was not given clearance by his doctors due to his health. Unfortunately, just a week later, Forsh himself passes away. So that's enough on Bases Empty Blog for the week. Other articles next week. I do want to get into this manager thing before we go. Once again, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. Reminder, tweet at me at John underscore Pielli. We keep the conversation interactive, anything that's on your mind. But, you know, of course, the Detroit Tigers hired Brad Ausmus. And, uh, you know, the Seattle Mariners hired Lloyd McClendon. And finally, the Cubs, the last managerial vacancy, hired Rich Renteria. I think Renteria is actually going to be a very good manager. I mean, he's a guy that knows the, uh, the Latin players, has certainly paid his dues as a coach, was a guy that was one of the original Marlins in 1993 as a second baseman. I think he played more games at second base than anybody on that team that year. But he's a guy I think is going to be a very good manager. I think Brad Ausmus, of course, inherits a very good situation with the Detroit Tigers and certainly, uh, you know, set up for that team to win. Uh, he's a guy that has, has been known, has been mentioned a lot as a managerial candidate through several vacancies over the last couple seasons, finally gets his chance. And, you know, a guy that doesn't get his chance right now that hopefully will in the future is a former uh, Chicago White Sox coach with uh, under Ozzie Guillen, and that's Joey Cora. And I think Joey Cora should have uh, gotten a job this season. Lloyd McClendon is a guy that I like in Seattle. I think he's a guy that should have gotten a chance to be a manager again. You know, unfortunately, the time they managed in Pittsburgh, the team was not very good, not going anywhere. I don't think that's indicative of what McClendon did as a manager. He was a clutch player in the postseason, 8 for 11 in the 1991 NLCS for the Pirates against the Atlanta Braves. But, you know, a guy that I think could be a good manager. So I'm glad to see him get a shot in Seattle. But, you know, a guy like Joey Cora, I think, is a guy that eventually will get a managerial job in the major leagues. I think he's a guy that certainly teams, as they're looking, going into this season, maybe looking to make a change, should consider Cora. I think he should get more interviews. And he's a guy that certainly is ready to be a major league manager. Of course, his brother, Alex Cora, of course, played with the Mets and several other teams throughout his career, was groomed as a player, as a guy that certainly could have been a manager. And his brother certainly has the same genes and is a guy that has paid his dues as a bench coach for several years under Ozzie Guillen. And I think he's a guy that should get a look when uh, you know teams are looking to replace their manager. And, of course, I mentioned you know the amount of retread managers really aren't out there anymore, the guys that have proven, the guys that have had track records have you know kind of ridden off into the sunset and it's something that you know you're looking for not a lot of new blood you've certainly seen it this year with all the new higher ends matt williams you know ryan sandberg with the phillies guys that have not managed before they're getting a shot in a major league so glad to see that of course brian price in cincinnati as well but john pielli passball show mtr radio network want to thank greg hansel want to thank chuck hartenstein bo wright as well as ron jackson for all being part of this program we'll catch up with you next week on everything going on in major league baseball Right. Once again, John Pielli, tweet at me at John underscore Pielli.